This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go, hour two on a glorious day for talk radio. It's always made better when we're joined by our friend Mark Stein, international best-selling author and host of the Mark Stein Show. Mark, a good afternoon to you. And uh, every time you're on this program and you grace our airwaves, I consider it an important and necessary conversation. It's kind of our own version of the Gillette ad. <laughs> well, uh, that's a bit too hairy for me, John. I, I would... Uh, I, I I hated I hated that Gillette ad. I just uh, I don't want I, I I love the way the uh, whatever it's called the Dollar Shave Club. Mm. They came out instantly with their own ad, uh, and in response to Gillette trying to get a piece of the Me Too movement, they're using a Dollar Shave Club. It was actually using the uh, song uh, "I Gotta Be Me" as the guy's <laughs> shaving, and it's uh, it's a brilliant response saying, "I would like a razor to be able to shave me." And uh, I don't need to know what its politics are. I'm not interested in its politics. Um, if you went into a barber shop in 1873 and the guy got out uh, his cutthroat razor and was uh, beginning to lather you up, you would not want him to start having a conversation about Me Too and about all those crazy sex predators at PBS and NPR. Uh, it's nothing to do, it's not what you want when you're having a shave. Yeah, but the guys who killed Albert Anastasio, that was toxic masculinity, wasn't it? <laughs> that's that was... true. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's seriously toxic. <laughs> no, but you know what the fu- the funny, the thing about the Me Too thing is it's none of the toxic masculine guys. It's not like stump-toothed rednecks with pickups. It's Charlie Rose at PBS, the, you know, the somnolent interviewer. Uh, PBS, a late-night interviewer, a guy who makes, like, TVO uh, look like some kind of trashy porno TV. Uh, he's, he does this, like, perfectly nice, somnolent PBS interview show, and it turns out the, that he, all day long he's walking around in a bathrobe uh, and often with the bathrobe open in front of young ladies a third of his age. If you go to PBS Pledge Drive Week uh, for just a $200 uh, pledge to PBS, they'll send you the PBS bathrobe, cord not included. That's what Charlie <laughs> Rose was walking around in on here. Uh, all, uh, all these guys, uh, Harvey Weinstein's got more Oscars than anybody else because he made all this chick flick Oscar bait uh, as a deflection from the fact that he was basically just using the chick flicks to get chicks, which, when you think about it, is a brilliant scheme. Uh, so these are not... He said, I, I believe in... He, he told some uh, actress in France, it's, a, it's actually a brilliant pitch. Anyone can use it. He said, I, oh, I've got a really great... Uh, she said, I'm interested in roles for strong women. He goes, I've got a, a, a great script that's about a movie about a strong woman. Why don't you come up to my room and I'll show you it? Mm. And, and, the, and so this isn't anything to do with toxic. These are the least toxic. These are impeccable liberal progressive men using the cover of eunuch uh, male, uh, feminist male, progressive male, new male as a way to nail all the chicks they want. 
And so it's nothing to do with talk. I mean, I'm I'm disgusted with Gillette. They should try making a razor that can uh, shave Harvey Weinstein's back hair. That's what they need to do. <laughs> yeah, okay. Who wants to draw that assignment? Shaving Harvey Weinstein's back. And then you get to follow up with Leslie Moonbez. <laughs> no, no. I think I think Rosanna Arquette <laughs> was asked to do that in 1997. Was that but it? But that's the point. That's the point. This is this is a problem for progressive men essentially using feminism as a cover for their predatory activities. Well, and the uh, more insidious thing is, as you point out, I mean, a lot of these guys just look fairly normal. They're grilling up steaks and that somehow that's conflated for toxic masculinity or kids wrestling in a yard. Uh, Suddenly it draws into question for the guys who are rather insecure uh, just what masculinity is supposed to represent. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, this is serious stuff. If you see the guy next door over the garden fence and he's uh, using the barbecue, you need to call. You need to call the cops on him. You want a SWAT team to take that guy out. Stop him before he barbecues again. You know this is this this ad makes absolutely. I mean, for a start, I don't want corporations framing the political debate. I think that's actually uh, very insidious, and it's rather creepy the way the the cultural Marxists have formed this alliance. Uh, using the corporations as their sort of shock troops, as their paramilitary wing, to enforce the limits of what you're allowed to talk about. That's uh, that's not part of any future I want. Again, with Mark Stein, international best-selling author, host of The Mark Stein Show. Uh, let's just veer over to a toxic dictatorship, but one admired by our own prime minister who believes that these people can turn things around on a dime, so he likes it. Uh, it's really going to be put to the test now with Robert Schellenberg now on trial. Well, he's on trial. Uh, he's been tried, and uh, he faces a death sentence in China. The Chinese are not impressed that Canada's talking about all our allies. In fact, uh, one of their foreign policy people were <laughs> was heard to say... Uh, you can count on two fi- two hands, the fingers of two hands, just how many allies Canada has uh, arraigned against us here. Is this going to be likewise, uh, you know, to the uh, Gillette ad, an epic fail on the part of Justin Trudeau to reverse the Chinese decision? Yeah, I actually think that there's, a, I don't want to overextend the analogy, but I think I think Justin Trudeau is the Gillette ad of foreign policy. It's basically... <laughs> It's basically poser foreign policy. He's striking an attitude that he thinks comes at no cost. He is a great admirer of dictatorships. Again, it's interesting to me that as a new man, he he seems, you know, not just uh, Gillette shaved, but like thoroughly depilated. He's 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 the sort of model of a, a new man. But but foreign policy is not about striking attitudes. It's about uh, real world consequences. The Chinese government has basically calculated it can kill a Canadian and pay no price. Uh, That's actually a a pretty embarrassing situation for a second-tier power like Canada. Uh, You can say what you like about Canada, but it's a member of the G7. It's, it's, you know, it's not the United States, but it's an important international player. And the Chinese have figured they can kill a Canadian citizen with impunity. And the remarks that uh, the foreign minister and the prime minister are making are absolutely embarrassing. This is amateur hour. Uh, this is a guy whose level of legislation is basically legalizing pot. That's that's the perfect policy for the guy. But when it comes to something like uh, international diplomacy, the, these guys are like school kids. 
Right. And it just reflects on their impotence internationally. With Mark Stein again, let's just uh, turn to somebody else who's been uh, rendered somewhat impotent. The Brexit thing uh, has me bewildered because you've got uh, Elizabeth May there. Not Elizabeth May. What am I? (laughs) It might as well be, though, right? Uh, (laughs) right. That's like some uh, nightmare English panto with uh, Theresa May and Elizabeth May. (laughs) Right. It's like the, uh, I think it's the old English musical joke. Uh, Do you know my sister May? No, but thanks for the tip. Uh, That's that's pre-me too, that joke. Uh, But, um, but, uh, uh, but uh, thanks, I don't need the tip if it's Elizabeth May and Theresa May. <laughs> right. Well, in both cases, they may be reduced to but one seat. Uh, this idea of Brexit, where is it going? She's uh, just been, I mean, a vote of confidence took place earlier today. It was a narrow victory. But uh, the prospects of a no deal on breakfa- Brexit, <laughs> on breakfast, or uh, referendum <laughs> 2.0, it's a dog's breakfast right now that I'm enjoying. Right, right. Uh, what's going to happen with the UK going forward? Well, I would prefer a hard Brexit. Um, uh, in other words, just crash out of the EU on uh, a Monday morning and pick yourself up on the Tuesday on WTO terms, which is basically uh, the the same basis that most of the world deals with the European Union. That's That's preferable. What we've had here, though, is essentially someone who never really believed in Brexit Uh, aided by a civil service that never really believed in Brexit, negotiating a sort of sham Brexit. Um, And uh, basically, welcome to the uh, Hotel Brexifornia. Uh, That's the message to the British people. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. That's the lesson they're trying to teach uh, the, uh, the the people of the UK, and it's pitiful. It's embarrassing. Yeah, but what's you, this gravitational pull towards the EU? Where's that coming from, the UK? Well, I I don't I don't get that because you know this is a country that had no problem. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about uh, the Irish Free State in 1922 uh, or Canada in 1867 or uh, something like I I added it up a couple of weeks ago. Something like 68 other different jurisdictions around the planet. Their constitutions are acts of the UK Parliament. Yet when it comes to recovering their own constitutional sovereignty, they're all paralysed and curled up in the fetal position. And simply because 40 40 years uh, in the European Union have apparently erased their memory of the entirety of British history before that. It's It's pathetic. It's absolutely it's so pathetic that the 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 sanest position uh, is from David Davis, who recently left uh, Mrs. May's cabinet, who wanted uh, a Canada triple plus agreement, which is basically the agreement Canada has with the EU with a couple of other three other items thrown in. Uh, so this this is a guy who he said I'd like to emulate Canada's relationship with the EU, and everyone said, "Oh no, that's way too risky." Oh, I, oh no, no, we can't do that. Oh no, you're crazy. Oh, the whole thing will collapse. They've got these Mars bars. They're saying, "Oh, the day if we have a hard Brexit, the following day there'll be no Mars bars in the United Kingdom." Where's the Dunkirk spirit? Where's the Blitz spirit? Uh, you know, uh, the Luftwaffe never had to rain down uh, stale Mars bars. Uh, two years past their sell-by date on the east end of London. What the hell happened to the place? I don't know. Dame Vera Lynn is doing 360s in the crypt right now. White Cliffs no, of no, Dover. Dame, hey, hey, hey. Dame Vera is still is uh, still with us. Oh, is she? And, oh, yes. my apologies. 
Dame Vera is a centre. I sat next to her at lunch a few years. <laughs> I hate oh. to, This is like retro name dropping. <laughs> uh, me and Princess Margaret and Dame Vera Lynn. And uh, she sent back the avocado uh, saying this foreign muck doesn't agree with me. There's the British spirit. <laughs> <laughs> she but said she, that. No, Vera Lynn is uh, is a centenarian now, and I tell you something: I would rather have her in Downing Street singing "There'll Always Be in England" than uh, <laughs> Theresa May, who says uh, there'll always be a kind of uh, quasi semi autonomous amorphous entity off uh, the northwest coast of Europe, <laughs> but uh, quite what it is, we can't say just yet. Might as well be Elizabeth May. Well, uh, give our regards to Dame Vera, and my apologies, too. I had no idea. Uh, no, no. She's, she's the oldest person, by the way, ever to have a number one album. I think she had it a couple of years ago, and she was like 97. So, uh, you know, if Feline Groovy hits number one when I'm 97, <laughs> I'll, I'll be uh, equal to uh, Vera Lynn. Don't that- knock it. No, that's a nice way to sort of come in with a sideway plug. Uh, you are a cat lover, and he's got the CD, Feline Groovy. You can check it out on his website, Stein Online. Mark, it's always a pleasure. Can't uh, wait till we talk again. And, uh, yeah, make sure you're buying your razors judiciously, all right? Yeah, that's that's right. I'm not I'm not shaving Harvey Weinstein's back. <laughs> uh, I'd rather I'd rather take the Brexit deal than do. Actually, no, I'd rather shave Harvey Weinstein's back than take Theresa May's Brexit. Deal. Well, there, there you we go. are. We uh, tied it all together. It puts it all into proper context. Thanks a lot, Mark Stein, international best-selling author and host of the Mark Stein Show. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.